This podcast is brought to you by theschoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code GROW to save 20% when you sign up at schoolofpodcasting.com. Today on the Grow Your Community Show, the retirement answer man himself, Roger Whitney. Welcome to the Grow Your Community Show. Tips and insights into launching a safe, engaging, and effective community. I'm Dave Jackson from the school of podcasting.com. Thanks so much for checking out the grow your community show. This is where we talk about more things than just courses and memberships. We're talking about the thing that makes people stick around those courses and memberships. And that is community. And today we've got Roger Whitney. He is the retirement answer man. And uh, he actually should be called the alphabet man or some check this out he's a cfp cima cpwa aif and rma he's the brains behind his property agile retirement management process and the face of the roger that youtube channel for over 25 years roger has been helping clients listeners readers and do-it-yourselfers live well and retire better with the tools tips and education and advice. Let me get out of the way. Here's my conversation with Roger Whitney. His website drips service. And I, for me, when I interview people that are doing successful communities, they're all about serving the community first. It's not so much like what's in it for me, although obviously there are things in it for you, but I could just tell this is a guy that loves what he do. So Roger Whitney, thanks for coming on the show. I'm excited to be here. And it, it is about, and I learned a lot of that from uh, Donald Miller. Yeah. All the marketing, the story branding about you make your client or who the listener in a podcast or your mm-hmm. your member in the community, the hero. You're just the guide. That's it. When did you want to get into financial planning? Well, I got into it like many people get into their careers. Ultimately, I, and back in 1990, I was working in real estate in Fort Worth, Texas and negotiating leases for Radio Shack, actually, back then. and hated it. And I had a buddy that was a stockbroker and he was happy. I was like, okay, I'll go try that. I mean, it was sort of happenstance. And then I spent the nineties trading technology stocks and thinking I was very smart because we had a beautiful market. And about 98, I realized that wasn't my skill set, although it was pretty good at it. And my heart was really in the planning. And so I had to recreate myself. And that was probably iteration one of many iterations since. And then when did you start the podcast? Uh, I started the podcast in March of 14, I believe. And that came out of, at the time I, I owned a, I was partner in a registered investment advisory firm. So that's like a, mm-hmm. a fee only type firm. And I had two partners and we had built it over 11 years. And I sort of had a midlife crisis. We had hit the curve on the business where I had a lot of free time. The cash flow was, you know, rising more than expenses, which is the beautiful part of, of one, once you get there in a business. And I was questioning, is this really what I want for the rest of my life? I was in my mid forties. I was highly trained. I wasn't theory based anymore because I had a lot of wins and losses. So I had that battle worn experience and I had a lot left to give. And I was like faced with the decision of, well, I could have a great life financially by just sort of coasting between now and whenever I get out of the business. But I started to worry about, well, that's not very 
productive um, for me. God doesn't really appreciate that. And so I had to figure out, well, I don't want, I didn't want to have the regret of what could I have done. So I started a podcast really as a personal journey of finding my voice and refining what I do. And as a result, it's blown up my life in all very good ways. <laughs> nice. How has it changed from, obviously it's better. I mean, I always tell people there's nothing you can do. When you look at episode one, it's not going to be as good as episode 10. But when you started, did where did you think it was going to go? And now where is it compared to when you started? Well, when it started, I started to become involved. And actually, we've met at Podcast Movement. And I started to go to non-industry conferences. I had never gone to a non-industry conference in my life. And I started to go to Podcast Movement wasn't started yet, but started that. Social Media Marketing World was my first one. And started to understand a world outside of my ecosystem, which I hadn't done in 20 years or so. And I think what really helped me, because very few people like me had podcasts, is that I didn't have economic motive in starting it. I, the, I remember the first year, I'm like, how do I set this up? So if nobody listens, it's still a big win. And that's why we ended up calling it the Retirement Answer Man, which I actually got from Cliff, who was the podcast answer man at the time, and actually talked to him and got his blessing because I felt he said he got it from the Bible answer man originally. Anyway, <laughs> so I set it up for success. So it was a Retirement Answer Man. So really all I did is I think out loud and I'm working on issues for clients. And if they have issues, other people have issues. And so why don't I think about them by via podcast by answering the questions and thinking how to think about things? And it actually clarifies my thinking to serve my clients better. So in my mind, I'm, I'll do this and it may be interesting to other people, but at minimum, it's going to help me be a better advisor for my clients because this is how I'm going to think it out anyway. And that was back in 2014. When did you decide, hey, I want to create an online community for this? As a result of the podcast and my journey, I extracted myself from my partnership and my firm and because I realized I focus on one thing. Let's, so let's be from a, a podcast. I focus on the transition into retirement, a major life change. That is all I think about. And so my firm was not of that ilk and they had different priorities. So I extracted myself from the partnership and being chief compliance officer to focus just on these issues and built my own much leaner firm, which I don't want to grow into a big firm like I did. So from a business standpoint, I'm not really looking for clients because pretty much at capacity there, but I had this podcast that had grown in whatever popularity it had grown to audience wise, where people were reaching out to me wanting more personal content and community than I could provide as an advisor. So I'm like, well, why don't we get all these people together and give them a way where I can from save my life from not having to serve each one individually to serve them in more of a mass way and let them serve each other too. So that sort of born out of that. And we started it almost two years ago just as a test to see if people wanted it because we didn't know. Nice. It's not like they were asking for it. They didn't know what they wanted or didn't want until we raised the flag and say, hey, would you like to come in? And well, kind of the same question as your podcast. When you started that, I, I love the fact you're like, I don't know. Let's just let's open the door and see if anybody walks in. It was scary. <laughs> I bet. How much research did you do? Any research? Or when it came to making a community, like, 
I don't know. I guess you just will put this thing online and figure it out later. So by that time, so this is two years ago, I had fostered friendships with people that have had communities. So Dan Miller is a good friend of mine. John Lee Dumas and I had lots of conversations about community. So I had, it's like anything. If you want to learn how to ride a unicycle, you go watch a YouTube of somebody who already knows how to do it. And maybe you reach out and say, hey, how did you do that? And so I already had a circle of friends that were giving me their wisdom, which I think is really smart. And then what I started to do with the podcast via the email was, hey, we're thinking about doing this. Here's a survey. What would you like to see? What would you not like to see? Would you be interested? What should we charge? And we did a survey to our list and we got about 800 responses. Wow. Which was, yeah, pretty incredible. That in our email list isn't huge. It's four or 5,000. And so what I did, and this was actually John Lee Dumas' suggestion was we sent out another email of, hey, I blocked 10 minute times on a Thursday would you be willing to chat with me for 10 minutes? Filled up like that. So I said, holy cow. So I worked with my team and it's like, well, let's just block three days. So I ended up having about 80 conversations in three days of one-on-one, 10 minutes, loving on them, asking them what they would like, what they wouldn't like, and just getting feedback. And then I would just sit there and type it out. And then we use that to form the initial structure of what we thought it would be. How comfortable were you doing that? I mean, having those conversations? Yeah. I talk to people for a living, so... That's true. (laughs) Whether it's clients or on the show, I'm actually an introvert in many ways. And I've gotten on phone calls with random listeners and we do a weekly email where I'll respond. Yeah. I think of it, if there, you ever have a chance to love on your community uh, individually, it's all about them. It's interesting in those calls. Here's what I found, David was one. They just really wanted to tell their story. Mm. I mean, they answered my questions, but they really wanted to tell me a, a tidbit of their story. Two, they were all identical in the same part of life. And that makes sense because they came from the podcast. But the third thing was they were all really nice people. I'm like, wow, if these people were in a room, they would like each other. And I think uh, having a community with a podcast, if your podcast is focused, you're going to attract one. Hopefully this is a backhanded comment to myself. Maybe hopefully you're going to you're going to end up attracting people like you or that resonate with you. People that think you're an idiot, they're going to stop listening. Exactly. And so I've never marketed the community outside the podcast through affiliates or things like that. And although I probably could have more members in it, I'm just really wary because I don't know those people. They don't know me. They may not be my people. Mm. And I don't want them to change the culture. So it ended up being this. It was actually, a, it was pretty beautiful. Those yeah. calls. It was, it wore me out, but it was it really gave me, okay, these people are really cool. So if I can facilitate the party, this could be special. Well, the thing I love about that is there are times when people will approach different experts and things like that. And there are times when I'm like, have you, have you asked your audience? Cause they will tell you if you ask them. So was there any major surprise that came out of that, that you went, Oh, I, I didn't realize that they were struggling with that. I think the biggest thing from that, well, and I'm, almost two years in now. So we have lots of conversations, but the big thing in in my space, because I help people through this transition 
a life transition, but money gets wrapped around it. And everybody focuses on the numbers of retirement or leaving full-time work is a better way to say it. They focus on the numbers. I think what I realized is most people, and you never see this talked about in around this topic, is it's almost all not about the numbers. It's about this big change in life and having the, the in fact, we're having to meet up today on having the courage to leap. And it's all more the psychological aspects of the life change and purpose and friendships and lack of income. Lack of income is a big financial problem for sure. But just like uh, unemployment in retirement, it's a big psychological problem because it's like your superpower, right? You can work your way out of a lot of mistakes if you have an income and it's more the psychological aspects that people are struggling with more than the money part. And as you then launched this, did you do like a test group or did you just open up the doors and go, everybody come in or how did you go about launching it? So I was in a weekly call with John Lee Dumas and a friend of mine, Vinny Pleglisi, who is a, a good community guy. He would be someone maybe to talk with. And they were urging me to go quicker. I, I'm very, I'm a pretty I'm a planner. I'm pretty methodical. So what we did was we, we launched it in November and said, hey, we're looking for alpha members. We're looking for... 10 to 20 alpha members to seed it. And then we did an interview process and we found roughly 20 members that were the alphas and we would have weekly meetings. And, and then our plan was in November to wait until January to, to launch more, but we ended up doing it quicker because the alphas were saying, no, we need more people in here. And then, so we doubled that. And then we ended up launching in, in January. The goal for me of the alphas the alpha twos, I guess, or the betas was all about culture and setting the culture for the whole group because our group is a safe place. Like we use mighty networks specifically because by a landmile, everybody did not want to have a Facebook group. And so a lot of what we present the rock retirement club as is this is a safe place to have co- serious conversations about the topics you're dealing with, with all of the BS. We, and then we started to build a waiting list as we and talked about it a little bit on the show. This is what we're doing in the club. This is what we're creating. If you want to be on the wait list and so on to work towards a launch. But that sounds all strategy wise, but really it was about setting the culture. And we're pretty firm on that. If you're thinking of starting a community, Roger's got some tips for you right after the break. This is happening more and more. I was talking with a client and, well, this happened. I mean, there's Facebook ads. I know some people are doing that. And Facebook, that's, I'm so down on Facebook. It seems like everybody I know is more down on Facebook just because of what they show, what shows up on their scroll. Yeah, people are leaving Facebook in droves. And one of the tools I'm using to replace it has revolutionized the way I do coaching. It's like Slack and Zoom had a baby. Check it out growyourcommunityshow.com slash volley. It's free and you won't believe it. How do you get the word out about your community? Through a podcast. How do you avoid sounding bad, stupid, or spending too much money on equipment you don't need? You join the School of Podcasting. We have step-by-step tutorials, live group coaching, and a private community filled with brilliant podcasting minds. Start your podcast by going to schoolofpodcasting.com slash join and use the coupon code GROW to save 20%. That's coupon code GROW when you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash join. 
And you can find everything we just talked about out at growyourcommunityshow.com slash resources. Now back to Roger. For somebody who says, hey, I want to start my own community. Is there been anything that you're like, oh, I didn't see that or any tips and tricks or insights that you could share? It's a heck of a lot more work ongoing than you think it is. If you think about like buying when you're younger and you want to buy your, you, you usually buy your starter house and you want to buy your bigger house. You want to, that forever house, right? I think you need to go through not first order thinking, but second and third order thinking. So what happens if you buy the bigger house? Well, you have higher mortgage, you have more upkeep, you have a lawn, you have, you have a lot of things you have to do on an ongoing basis to support that much bigger house. Well, with a community, it sounds awesome, but it's a heck of a lot of work. And it's not just a heck of a lot of work once. It, it really has to become ingrained in your life that this is something you do every single day. And that's easy to discount on the front end, right? We spend a lot of time planning out our calendar, customer service issues, loving on people, finding the guests to come in and talk to our community, building the, the education courses that we build throughout it. That is a weekly grind. And like any kind of business, you have all this overhead and work that you're doing. And financially, even if you have good rev- top line revenue, you, it's you know, break even if you really factored everything. Yeah. If you don't get to some level of scale, the lo- some level of scale, and that may be different for each person, is when your free cash flow or your revenue far exceeds your your overhead. And that can be different for everybody, but that takes longer. So here we are almost two years in. Our top line revenue as a club, I guess, is I don't know what comparison is. I don't worry, worry too much about that. It sounds semi-impressive, but if you do the math, it's not that profitable as of now. But the promise is from a business standpoint, if you love on people well enough and you keep, keep them coming and add people, then it gets really interesting. I think people forget that. Well, that and, and you've got the basement set You've that this works. It's just a matter of at some point, it's just a matter of like now if I can just get more people in, it's not going to cost more to have more people in there. That's uh, exactly it. Yes. Yeah. So and again, that if you want to go to that particular website, that's uh, rockretirementclub.com. And if somebody wants to join that, what can they expect to to find? The three tenets of the club is we want to provide a safe place to get inspiration from people on the same journey as you. And that's rare now on the open internet. And number two, we want to provide world-class education on how to do the things that everybody has to do that's on this journey. And three, we want to provide resources to help them do those things, to actually take action on them. And you said you had uh, you were having guests doing kind of webinars is that something that you're doing in Zoom and then posting there or how does that work? Yeah, so we have live meetups pretty much every week on Zoom where we'll have anywhere from 30 to 100 people join. Wow. During the the COVID crisis, I mean, because everybody was stuck in early on, we were having 80s trivia night. <laughs> so I was nice. and we'd be on Zoom and I'd be asking trivia questions. So what we do with the meetups is they're live like this on Zoom. They're recorded so people can watch the replay. And then we have a private podcast where they can listen to any of the content audio only delivered right to whatever audio player they use. And then what are you using for the private podcast? Yeah, glow.glow. Glow. Oh, nice. Yeah, it works out well. Very nice. 
Any other tips for somebody getting into this or, or anything new that you plan on doing with your club? And I'd be interested in your feedback on this. The hardest part with a club or a community that I have found is people don't get it until they're in it. Mm. Right. And they don't get it until they're in it. So it's hard to explain on my podcast and I do a horrible job of it anyway. And so we're, we're building out as a sidecar rock retirement university, which is a course and that will, and will be the framework for the club. Cause what we found is the club, there's lots of great discussions, but there's not enough structure to guide the discussions. And so we're building the masterclass series in the university that will be the framework that people can have the conversations classified more or indexed better. And then secondly, what our goal is going forward is we want to talk. I think people are, are, are more looking for a solution for what the question is in their head like for us. Do, can I retire? Do I have enough money? And the masterclass series helps them answer that. So I think it's a better gateway into the community. So they'll come for the solution to the question that they're having, and then they'll engage in conversation in the club to help give them color to it. And then hopefully one, they'll get the answer hopefully through the education. And then my goal is to have the community so valuable that they'll want to stay year after year. You might try I was going to say testimonials, but testimonials sound so much like testimonials. Like on my show, I have a segment called because of my podcast and people will say, well, because of my podcast, my sales have tripled or I got to hang out with Alice Cooper or whatever it is. And it just was another way of, of having me say, you really should start a podcast because that was getting really boring of Dave just going, really, (laughs) you should start a podcast. When I started to have my audience say, this is what happened to me. If you could have people say, hey, I wasn't quite sure what was going on, but after starting, when I joined the the retirement club, this is now, I'm doing this, I understand this better, and kind of let them explain the benefits. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. Because that way, I, I, I feel you when you're like, look, I have this really cool thing. You should come see it. And they're like, what is it again? And And then you explain it. But when somebody says, here's what I did because of that, now it's, I have... Boy, when I was right out of college, I worked for a copier company and the, uh, this old sales guy that was just beyond wise, he's like, man, you sell the sizzle, not the steak. And I was like, oh, that's a good point. So when you can kind of explain, here's, here's the benefits of this. At the time I was a copier guy. So like I could talk all day about micro toner and the, the really small particles, which make your image looks nice and crisp, but Nobody cares about microtoner. That's the technology. You got to tell what it does for people. So that might be a solution, but yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Speaking of because of my podcast story, if I were to ask you that question or because of your community, maybe in this case or both, what have been the big, biggest benefits of, of starting your community and starting your podcast? Dude, I don't know if we have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> I have friends all over the world. That I always whine about, I don't have anybody to go have a beer with. I don't really, I have maybe one friend that lives within 20 miles of me, but I have friends all over the world that I, I consider true friends. Two, I have a business that is lean, that I am location independent. And I, I say, I, it's, it's a little bit of a, of a Tim Ferriss thing. I'm not comparing myself to Tim Ferriss, but the four hour work week, 
he doesn't work just four hours a week, right? I have a lot of time freedom or control over my time. I work my butt off, but I, it's not a nine to five and I don't have to ask permission to anything. So I have time freedom. So a good example is we're empty nesters. Yeah. And we did it last year and this year in August, we're going to go live in Colorado for five weeks and I'll just work from there. Yeah. I couldn't do that before the podcast. That's cool. That's, and it sounds, it's one of those things that it's like a phrase you say, but if you actually just take 10 seconds to think about that, you can just go, I'm going to just do that. And you go, okay, yeah, you could. And you're like, no, no, I really can. And then when you do it, it's amazing. So, and in my mainline business, which is fairly serious financial planning and walking life with clients, we had a downtown office. We had all the trappings of an office, 12 plus people in it. I'm talking to you in my office. I have an office that I keep that I really never go to. And this is my home and I wear shorts every day and I have about three or four dress shirts sitting up over here and all of my clients are virtual. They're all over the country. So I went from a local traditional meeting in the coffee shop or in the office conference room to all of my, all of my client meetings are on zoom. And because of the podcast, the only, I only work with people that already know, like, and trust me and understand my philosophy and whether they're in Alaska or in Boston or in Japan, we can work and be productive and it becomes much more of a win-win for everybody. So you're getting warm leads from the podcast, which then turn around and they, they buy your book. They hire you as a consultant. They then join your club. That's multiple streams of income. That's a beautiful thing. Well, and the, and the whole point of the club was, I don't want more clients. That's true. I don't want to build a firm. I want to just love on the people I can love on and without sacrificing my life and and then in the club, love on them in a more scalable way. Roger Whitney, the retirement answer man, is the best place just to go rogerwhitney.com or where do we want to send everybody? rogerwhitney.com is the home for the show and then rockretirementclub.com is the home for the club. Roger, thank you so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate that. That was some awesome stuff. Great, Dave. I enjoyed it. I said at the beginning of this episode, his website drips service. He's out to serve people. And you heard him say when he started out creating this, he just wanted to help people. Monetization really wasn't the goal. He wanted a better understanding. And it's that understanding that then leads you to building a better product. And that's where the monetization comes in. He also said it's a lot of work to keep going. But I love the fact he said, look, I've got some really good friends. He's got time freedom. So if he just wants to pick up and go to Colorado, I mean, his his business now is global. But the thing that really stood out for me is for somebody thinking of starting a podcast, this is the goal to create a safe place to get inspiration from people on the same journey then deliver world-class education. And again, that's based on understanding your audience and then give your community the resources to succeed. Check out his website again. If you want to check out his group, rocketretirementclub.com, or just go out to rogerwhitney.com. What a super nice guy. In the next episode, we're going to be interviewing, we've heard a couple people mention Mighty Networks, and we're going to be interviewing Jessica Shambora from Mighty Networks as we get to understand this tool. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Grow Your Community podcast. I'm your host, Dave Jackson. If you could do me a favor, if you know somebody who might enjoy this show, could you drop them a line and say, hey, have you checked out this podcast? It's pretty cool. The website again, growyourcommunityshow.com.